Thank you for joining us on the CFF Podcast. Today, Pastor Pablo Martinez will be inspiring you with a message from the Word of God. We hope you enjoy and welcome home. Why don't we give Jesus a hand of praise? Come on. Amen, amen. One more time. How about for Christ? Yeah. Amen, amen. Before you sit down, tell somebody next to you, welcome home. You look good tonight. Best place to be on Friday nights. Cool, cool. So I'm excited because I got my reggaetonero shirt today. Uh, but uh, no, uh, today uh, it's, it's amazing because uh, Formation Fridays uh, has been such a blessing to our lives, to this ministry, to many families. Uh, I'm going to encourage you to think about this. We always bring it up for a reason. And that is that on Fridays is when most people deform their lives. Friday nights is usually when most of the mistakes that young people make happen. Let me repeat that again. And if you know what I'm talking about, you... Friday nights is when most of the worst mistakes young people do happen. It is on Friday night when you party, when you club, when you... Actually, some people start Thursday night, right? And if you're lame enough, you start Wednesday. Uh, and if you're even lamer, you just never stop, right? Because you're by yourself over there. That's pretty lame. But if you think about this, on, th on Friday nights, it is the time where most people ruin their lives. It's where you make the worst decisions. When the headaches come on the next day, when the stomach aches happen, when you do things and you pretend like you were completely wasted and nobody ever, nobody ever like, realizes that you're just using that as an excuse to escape from all the turmoil in your heart and in your life. I know that because I lived through that for many years where Friday night was the only time that people enjoyed. Where my friends or party buddies, it was a day they were looking forward to. You were looking at your phone to see who would call you. You're looking at your phone to see if someone would invite you to a better kickback. A kickback is a lame word for a lame party. Okay, it's not, there's no such thing. It's just like a bunch of people that didn't get it big enough. And no, people didn't, you know, people didn't go and just, let's just call it a kickback. All right, we'll drink all the soda ourselves. The truth is this. On Formation Fridays, God is forming whatever the enemy deformed in your life on Friday nights. Is that okay? So this is why we do it on Friday nights. Because we believe that it is a time where many people tonight are getting themselves high. They're getting drunk. They're getting someone pregnant or even having abortions, believe it or not. Or considering suicide. Tonight, many of your friends, if you think about this, so many of your friends have a life that they wish would end very quickly. And I'm not just trying to be morbid right now. God is doing something tonight here. I believe in my spirit that when you come into this place Fridays, you expect God to form you. You expect God to do something in you that no one has ever done before. Not even our parents. Can we say amen? So tonight, I'd like to share a message that I believe is as real as the air that you and I breathe, as real as the heat that you're feeling. It's a message that is going to be real, but I don't want it to sound harsh or condemning to the country. I want you to be challenged. So before you close your eyes, I want to read to you a scripture. And the difference between the enemy speaking to you in condemnation and God speaking to you in confrontation is simple. When you're condemned, there is no hope for change. When God confronts you, there's hope for transformation. Am I making sense? So it's okay sometimes to feel bad so that you could eventually feel the best. 
Am I making sense? It's okay to sometimes say, man, that hit me hard if there's hope for transformation. Amen? So today, this message is, uh, the reason I wore this, this very hot shirt, because all this is plastic. I feel like I'm wearing one of those, like, what do you call the tummy bands, you know, that, that you sweat bands. So that's how I feel right now. Um, but uh, I want to I wanna share with you a message that uh, is, is called, uh, ready, said, hi. Uh, what's okay, diamond in the rough. You are a diamond in the rough. Some of you guys are a little bit rougher. Some of you guys are a little less rough, but you're a diamond in the rough. All of us in here, in this place, we're diamonds in the rough. God is working in you. You're a precious, precious jewel. God loves you. You are more precious to you than, listen to this, the, the life of his very own son, Jesus Christ. Get past the fans for a second. Look at me for a minute. I know it's hot, but it's not that hot. Listen, listen. You are more precious to God than the life of his very own son, Jesus Christ. I have two boys, and I would never give them up for you. I don't care how nice you are, good looking. I don't care how, how cool you are. I'm sorry. It's my son. But God loved you so much that he gave his one and only son for you. Though you did not know him and you rejected him and still do every once in a while, maybe even tonight, cannot wait for this to end instead of saying, God, can, how can I respond to your love? You see, God still died for you. He believes in you even sometimes we don't believe in ourselves and even worse, don't believe in him. Can somebody please say thank you, Lord. God loves you so much that he calls you his precious jewels. He calls you, come on, he calls you... His precious jewels. Let me read to you this verse. We're going to go through it very quickly. And then we're going to talk about one, something that I know girls are going to love. And guys are going to get super scared. Especially if you have a girlfriend. You're going to be like, Pastor, can we talk about another topic tonight? This is getting too crazy, too real. Uh, close your eyes for a second and let's pray. Dear God, thank you so much for your love and for your grace. Thank you, Jesus, because I know that you gave your life for us. You came to this world, God, to seek and to save that which was lost, and that which was lost was I. God, I thank you for all that you've done so far. And if you do nothing else, you've done already more than enough. Jesus, we love you. Jesus, we need you. God, we desperately need you, God. We desperately, desperately need you. Do something special today, God. Do more than we dreamt, God. Help us change our lifestyle, that we would honor you, honor our families, and those that are in desperate need of you. In your name we pray, amen and amen. You guys will not believe me, but the cloud stole my message. I've been having a hard time with that, with word, um, but it's okay because it's been in my heart for a very long time anyway. So um, give me one second, let's see if we can recover it here. And uh, if one of you guys can run over the guy in charge of iCloud, I would greatly appreciate it. <laughs> All right, nope, it's taken hostage. Hakuna. Matata. Hold on. That's the beauty of not like jacking somebody else's sermons because you actually know your own sermon, you know. So it's like, whew, thank goodness. Okay, cool, cool. So the first thing that I, I, um, I uh, you know, I've been working on this for a while. I, I preached some sort of version of it a long time ago. But when I was looking to get married to this beautiful, hot, blonde Argentinian woman, she is amazing and... Uh, and uh, she's just amazing, honestly, like blind, that's why she loves me. But um, 
I was looking to get married with her, and um, I was trying to find a rock that would justify her beauty. And I don't want to sound super romantic, because I'm definitely not, but I want to tell you this. Like, I wanted to find something that was worth her wearing. And not, no, I'm not saying that, guys, I'm not saying that you have to, like, you know, sell your house and, you know, donate a kidney for you to, you know, or sell a kidney for you to be able to, like, buy a ring for a woman that you love. But don't be cheap. Amen? amen. Women, can you guys say amen? amen? Awesome, 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 awesome. Cool, cool. So um, my coach one day told me, he said, listen, Pablo, he's the cheap, a big cheap, cheapskate. He's from Arkansas. And he said, look, when you get ready to get married, I don't know, the, the, that sounds like Texas. But anyway, so he said, he said you're going to get a cheap, cheap ring, maximum $200. That's a lot. Like, not really, right? 200 bucks. And he said, you're going to dirty it. You're going to scratch it up a little bit. You're going to give it to her. And you're going to tell her, this was my grandma, my great-grandma's. And if it ain't good enough for you, you ain't good enough for the ring. I was like, coach, you're a genius. Or evil. You know, whichever way you want to see it. How many of you guys know that's not the way we do it? All right? Cool, cool, cool. So, it, uh, as I was trying to look for a ring for Eoni, I started studying. And I'm not playing. Studying diamonds. Like, I found out everything there is to know as far as I could go about diamonds. So much so that I became such a good friend with the jewelers in downtown jewelry district that I, I'm not even playing. Like, I, I know a lot about those guys. I know where they are. I know their prizes. I know how they haggle. I know where their, what their wives' names are. I know their kids. I'm not even playing. Like, I just went down there so many times. If you're a guy here that has gotten married in this church or how many of you guys have I helped get your ring for your fiance, for your wife? Okay, there's about four of you guys, five of you. I'm starting to get commission already. No, I'm just kidding. No, no, no. They're trying to hire me. That's not a joke. They really are trying to hire me. I'm like, no, 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 because I learned so much about jewels and especially diamonds, specifically diamonds. I was like, man, why couldn't it be like something else? You know, because diamonds are expensive, the real ones especially, right? And I was like, man, I started finding out all about diamonds. And in this process of learning about diamonds... God spoke to me so clearly, I mean so clearly, about the, own, the very process that God has in our lives as disciples of Jesus Christ. The process of a diamond is so similar that the process that you must go through in order, listen to this, in order to be found worthy before the eyes of men and before the eyes of many to be called a child of God. Now, God already found you worthy as, as an intrinsic value, meaning God loved you from the beginning. But there are certain things that a disciple of Christ must have in order for him to be found worthy in the eyes of others. That they would say, I want what you have. Am I making sense? Have you guys ever seen those advertising in McDonald's and the burger looks amazing? And then you show up and it looks, oh man. Right? You know what I'm saying? You're like, come on now. Right? That, that many times is Christianity, but backwards. Like, God is so amazing. He's, like, incredible. And then you look at the advertising, a.k.a. Christians, and you're like, what the heck? Like, I don't want that. Is that really how the, how the, the, the thing is, that the, the, the God who's, who loves them is? Then I don't want it. And so what we're trying to do is have you be someone, and myself as well, that is Christ-like. The more you are Christ-like, I'll tell you this, the more people will want to know Jesus Christ. One guy, a, guy told, a, a, a man came to me and said, I don't know why my wife doesn't want to come to church with me. And I asked him the question, do you bring church to her? And the guy was quiet. Well, I don't know what you mean. I was like, I think you do. You know, I don't know. Well, I don't know. You know, well, not always. I said, well, 
consistency. The first thing I want to talk to you about is the four C's of a diamond. Four C's of a diamond, right? What are the four C's of a diamond? Any woman here knows what a four C's of the diamonds are? If you don't, you're going to get fooled, I'm telling you. The guy's going to come to you and he's going to show you something and you're going to be like, that's no diamond. He's going to be like, yeah, it's a, it's a diamond. <laughs> and, and I'm telling you girls, you may want to know this. You may want to know this. We already talked about gold diggers in another, in another Friday night. But today we're going to talk about diamonds, right? Why are diamonds, what makes a diamond precious? What makes a diamond beautiful? What makes a diamond more expensive, more desirable? The first one we're going to cover is the first C. I can hear some of you guys already saying it. Some of you girls have been studying it, making sure you don't get fooled, right? The first C is what? Cut. All right, so the first C is cut. And it's also known as the fire, Say it with me, fire. fire. All right, good, good. One more time, fire. fire. All right, good, good. So the, the first C is cut. Four C's, right? The C, the first one is cut. And what cut does is the symmetry of, listen, I'm not even playing. There's some diamonds that you look at, and I don't want to like sound like a connoisseur either, but some people will look at a diamond and they'll see, oh, it's a diamond. And some people look at a diamond and go, wow, that's beautiful. There's some diamonds that you look at and they just... Have this light beams going everywhere. The beautiful gamma of colors. It's incredible. The way it shines, even though there's, you know, the same light for one diamond and the same light for another diamond. One would just blister. There's fire coming out of it. It's beautiful. That's what makes a diamond so amazing. The first thing is that the symmetry of the cuts is perfect. The better the cuts are, listen, the better these cuts are, the better the diamond is. Okay? It increases the quality. The problem with us as Christians is this, is that we assume that just because we're precious in the sight of God, listen please, that all of us reflect God the same way. And that is just a lie. Not everyone reflects the fire or the light of God in the same way. There's actually a lot of people that think that the light is within themselves. And if they just better themselves and they're just nicer and they're cooler and they got a better job and say amen, hallelujah, brother, a lot, then all of a sudden the light of God is going to shine stronger. The light of God is not from you, it's from God. Let me share something really cool. The moon is my favorite, how do I say this, thing outside the world. I love, love the moon. First of all, because it's not, well, it, how many of you guys know the moon is not made of cheese? Okay, good, 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 right? So the moon has got this incredible ability to reflect the light of the sun. The moon has no light in itself. The moon is not a light bulb. The moon is not hot. That's why we're able to walk on it. You guys ever heard that Chuck Norris, right? You guys heard that joke? No? Anyway, Lance Armstrong was the first guy to walk on the moon. Chuck Norris was the first one to walk on the sun barefooted. Anyway, so, so you have, you have the, the moon which has no light in it, in it of itself. The only light that it has is the light of the sun. And check this out. The only way it can actually reflect the light unto us is by aligning itself with the sun. And this is the cool thing about this, that a, a true believer, a true disciple of Jesus Christ should reflect the light of Jesus Christ, not our own light. Some Christians are very, how do I say this? We're so caught up in trying to be right that we forget to be righteous. We're sometimes so caught up in trying to appear that we're believers of God and how much you know about the Bible versus... This is the light of God. This is who God is in my life. That's what he's done in my life. That's how much he's changed me. Let me pause for just a second. Is there fire in your life? Can people see passion of God in your life? Can people see the fire of God in your life? Or are you more of a eh, deformed sort of disciple of Jesus? Or have you been shaped 
to reflect the light of Jesus. Formation is so essential for any believer. It is not enough that Jesus loves you. Whoa, that sounds counterintuitive, doesn't it? It is not enough for other people that Jesus loves you. Did you know that? Jesus loves everyone. But other people must also see the effects of the love of God in your life. My wife, I'm telling you this. My wife and I desperately love each other. But what we love about each other so much is how much God has done in her life and in my life. And we have a marriage today that I can tell you this. I absolutely love living in my house. Not because we're perfect, but because in our imperfections, God shines through. There's been formation in our life that has happened that has allowed us to overcome our deformities. Can I tell you this? Formation must happen in your life. If you've been going to church for a while or have not been going to church, for some people it's the same thing because they're not getting formed. A church must have formation. A disciple of Jesus Christ must be shaped to fit the bill. Am I making sense? We must have formation. Those areas that are not in line with God must be filed away. The next thing is this. First is the cut, right? The ability to reflect the light that shines upon it. The next one is what? Clarity. And this is uh, one that is uh, it's, it's amazing. It says, the less inclusions it has, the more the value of the diamond. So girls, when the guy gives you the diamond and it's shiny and it's awesome, great. Put it up to the light. Get a little magnifying glass. <laughs> Just kidding. Try not to do that in front of him. Okay? So you're going to look at it. And inside of it, the less impurities you see, the, more, the less... The, the less impurities you see, the more valuable that diamond is. Sometimes a diamond is huge, but it's filled with inclusions, and that value decreases more than a smaller diamond that is pure. Listen to this. It's amazing. The word inclusions was brought about because the purity of the diamond is what makes it strong, what makes it solid. This is a little science fact. The reason a diamond is so strong is because it only has one component. That is one component called carbon. There's no other additive. There's nothing else to it. That's why it's the strongest of the whole spectrum of minerals. Listen to what I'm telling you. Diamond is so strong because it's made up of one simple C. The Christian is strong because it's made up of one simple C. And it's not carbon. It's Jesus Christ. And when Christ is the one thing that you stand on, not in opinions, not in emotions, not in feelings, or even understanding, but in Jesus Christ, then you can start saying that is a disciple of Jesus Christ that fits the bill. Sometimes we say, well, I don't think so. Instead of saying, I don't think so, say, what does Christ think? Or I don't really feel like it. Well, what does Christ really think about this? And how would he feel in this scenario? You will ruin your marriage if you try to feel your way through it. I studied psychology and family psychology. And most of the people that I studied psychology with entered into the field because their lives were so jacked up. So the people that people are going to to help them fix their problems are actually probably more broken than the people that are going and paying them. Let me repeat that again because the fact is this. There's just as much suicide in psychologists as there is in any other field. The reason I'm telling you this is because the answer is not any other sea out there. It's not any other mineral. It's not another additive or inclusion of something else, it is the purity of a life that says Christ is most in my life. Christ is the most important thing. And so many times we vote according to opinions or according to a race or according to what's good for me. But what does Christ think about that bill? Many times we talk to people and we relate with them according to our upbringing or our own culture 
or the way we were raised. But how does Christ think about that person and how does Christ think I should behave with that person? I think sometimes people act towards people because that's the way Martinez's are or Mexicans are or white people do or black people do or Asians just do that. What about Christ? What if Christ, the sea, was the only component you really were made out of? How solid would your walk with God be? How pure would your thoughts be towards people? Because if we saw people the way Christ sees them, it would stop so much madness. I was talking to a guy this week that he's so hurt, he's so angry because one person doesn't respond to his love. And I tell you this, if he realized that the one that can truly love him and satisfy him was after him and really wanted a relationship with him, his life would not be crumbling. His life would be so steady, so strong because the one sea that he needs to be composed of is nowhere near his life. Can I tell you the same thing happens in your marriage, in your relationships, in your finances. We don't put God anywhere near it. We just want a little bit here and there as though he was some kind of beggar. Oh yes, I've gone there. It's Formation Fridays. Right? We do that so much in our lives and say, yeah, yeah, I'll pray when I cannot do it anymore. I'll, I'll, I'll get to the end of it and that's where Jesus is. So many inclusions. Who told you, if I could ask you, who told you that Christ should be the last resort? Who said that Christ should be the Hail Mary of your walk with Jesus? Absolutely not. Christ is the base, the foundation, the one thing we should be made up of. Amen? Before my, give God a shout of praise. Why not? Before my opinion is Jesus. Before my feelings, there's Jesus. Before the church, there's Jesus. Before my sermon, I promise you, there must be Jesus. See, we will be so confused if Christ is not our primary component and our very most intentional relationship with God must be simply that. What do you say, God, about me, about them, about this situation? Amen? So the less inclusions you have, this is going to be a little bit tough for you if, you if you hear what I'm saying. The less opinions you can hear, the better. Because sometimes we go to every friend and every aunt and every uncle and every boss and everyone out there and before you go to Christ, you go to your leader, to the pastor, to the, everybody else. What if you went to Jesus Christ first? Can I tell you, my job would be much easier. It's true. If, I mean, I would just have to confirm what God said. I would go back to the word and you would say, yeah, that's what Jesus told me. That's what Christ said. Well, great, let's do it now. Now it's not me trying to force you to live righteous. Now it's God telling you what to do and we're just trying to help you out. A lot of people that feel pressured by a church... Now, there's different churches, I understand, because I haven't been to all of them. But there are a lot of people would feel pressure to do the right thing. To me, that's strange. How do you get pressure to do what you need to do anyway? It's like a dad saying, don't pressure me to be a father. I'll be a father when I want to. What's wrong with you? Or in better words, what's wrong with you? You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm asking you, have you felt pressured to do the right thing? And that's probably because your life is not biblical yet. Your life must be of one sole component, not inclusions of all sorts of things. Just Jesus. When your family asks you, so what, kind, what denomination is CFF? You just say, just go like this. Throw up the seat to them. Just, just Christ. Just Christ. What's the denomination? There's only one common denominator here, and that is Jesus the Christ. Amen? So if Christ is the base of your life, and if he's the sole component of your faith, of your family, your foundation, amen, of your formation is according to the character of Christ, then you have something strong. I repeat to you, the, the diamond is not strong because it's beautiful or because of 
how expensive it is. It's strong only because there's only one component to it. Any element that has inclusions of something else, it became weak. Remember that. Is Christ my most important opinion in my life? Is Christ the one I go to? Amen? Let me go to the next C. Are you guys receiving? It's colorless. Oh, color. Color. Colorless is prime. We call that transparency, right? Or white. So white encompasses all the colors of the rainbow. Yes? If you put all the colors together, you get white. Yes or no? Okay, good. Okay. Hold on. Let me, let me ask what school you guys went to for asking. No, no, no. no, no. Uh, color is amazing. The, that this, the diamonds are made up of so many different colors. But this is the one thing, guys, that when you go shopping for a ring, you must really look at it with a background that is black. Listen to this, guys. A lot of fake jewelers will bring you something in different color things. And they'll bring it to you under different light conditions. Just ask for a black, black background. Let me tell you why. Because a diamond must have a characteristic to absorb every single kind of ray of light. If it can do that and absorb all the rays of light and not reject some and reject that one, if it is simply colorless or white, the more transparent, the more colorless a diamond is, man, it is super expensive. You can have a diamond with some inclusions, but if it's colorless, whew, it's worth so much. Colorless diamonds are so rare, so rare that if you have a diamond with just one they go by ratings. Just one rating, it could jump up thousands and thousands of dollars just because it's a little bit more transparent, a little bit colorless. This is cool. Why do I tell you this? Because sometimes in our lives, we're not transparent. We are not transparent. Ah, you don't know who I am. Yeah, you may be honest, but maybe you're not transparent. Honesty means if I ask you, you tell me the truth. Some of you guys, nah, not even that, pastor. But transparency says, I don't have to ask you. I wear my heart on my sleeve. You don't have to dig deep to find out who I really am. I am who I am. At home, at church, at work, at school, at, in the street, in my car, I am who I am. Transparency means people and God doesn't have to be waiting for you to tell them what's wrong. Amen? Okay, let me explain this a little bit more. Sometimes transparency is the most important thing in the formation of a disciple. The formation of a marriage, of a family, of children. Today, ooh, I'm not even going to talk about that actually. Today is an amazing day. But I want to tell you this. Today, I realized something. That when people are not transparent, it takes them years to heal from what they would have healed if they would have just opened up. Sometimes you go through a lot of trouble and you put your own, the people that love you the most, through a lot of heartache because you simply won't be transparent. Women, can you, can you hear me for a second? When a man is not transparent, how hard is it to really trust him? How hard is it to really say, I give you my heart? When a man is transparent though, even if he has flaws, you can work on those things. Because you know what? You're transparent. At least we know what we're up against. But when somebody's not transparent, it's almost impossible to say we're going to build something great with it. This is the time where men say, well, I, I, um, um. you know why? Because men, we love to be quiet. And I'm sorry to tell you, that's not because you're not communicative. It's because you're not transparent. You need to learn to be transparent. Still Formation Fridays, amen? So just because you don't feel like talking, it doesn't mean you shouldn't be talking. I learned this and it's blessed my life so much that I need to say what's happening. Well, I'm dealing with it, okay? I'll tell you when I'm done dealing with it. That's not transparency. 
That is not transparency. Now, I'm not telling you you should be telling everybody everything. But there's specific things, specific people that God has placed in your life that love you and love the Lord that can really help you through an issue. Men that go through pornography and a lot of struggles with their mind. When they expose that sin, man, God begins to heal. God begins to restore, transform. Sin loses its power when it's exposed to light. Did you know that? Yes? It's kind of like the twilight vampires. It's, it's, it's so amazing to me when you expose your heart and what God can do to that. Now, of course, we don't do it often because we've been hurt before. Because we're not kids anymore. Because we've been let down a few times, I get it, by people that shouldn't have let us down. But when you expose your heart, when you're transparent, then God can begin to heal it. When we're working in marriages, when we're helping people through tough issues in their lives, and there's been many, 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 many relationships, I can tell you in the first appointment who's going to make it and who's not going to make it. Simply based on transparency. Simply based on transparency. The guy who doesn't really want help but says he wants help, he'll withhold information. He'll try to hold his image above everything else. But the desperate man will say whatever it takes, what do you need to know? Whatever it takes, I'll say whatever it needs to say because it needs to heal. One time we confronted a man that was cheating on his wife repetitively. The woman pretended like it had never happened. And we realized something. This guy is lying because she's letting him lie. Because she won't cope with the truth. Can I tell you this? You must be transparent and you must demand trans transparency of your relationships. This thing got too real too quick. We must demand transparency of our relationships. Leaders, if you have disciples in this place, demand transparency. If you're pouring your life into somebody instead of your own family, you better ask for transparency from that person. Amen. If you're being discipled by somebody, somebody's helping you journey your walk with Jesus, the least you can give them is transparency. Amen. I don't get mad easily. But one thing that angers me is when people lie. And when people lie to my face. Do you know why? Not because I feel like mocked or I feel less than. But because it angers me because I just gave an hour away from my son whom I love to someone who I believe is trying to help and trying to grow, and they're lying to themselves. They're trying to act like if I could just lie to that one person, I'm going to be okay. And that's a lie from the pit of hell. Transparency is so important. You must be colorless. Now, for this, I want to add one more thing. Color, colorless means this. A diamond is colorless because certain chemicals have not affected or have not impacted that solution or that carbon by itself. The way it takes color is by different, for example, nitrogen. When it touches nitrogen, the diamond becomes bluish, okay? When it's touched by other substances, it may become brown, and some people call it champagne, right? All that is is an altered diamond. It's a diamond that's been touched. Listen to me, please. Sometimes we're not transparent, of course, because we've been hurt to the core. Because we say, I will not trust someone again. I won't open up my heart again. You know who that hurts? You and the person that's trying to love you. Primarily God. It is a time to say, God, I will choose to trust you with my life, even if I've been let down before. Especially because I'm hurt. I need your healing. Amen? Can I say one more thing with this? Never get angry at the bride of Jesus. Because it's not the one that hurt you. People may hurt you, but not God and not his bride. A lot of people get angry at the church. I was one of those people. I got so mad at the church because of the hypocrisy of some people. And then God one day confronted me and said, that's my bride. The church is my bride. How dare you speak bad against it? And I felt like God was going to beat me up. I'm not even playing. I was like, sorry. 
because I was so condemning against specifically the church, the organized religion. Have you ever heard those people that have been so filled with color and they're not colorless, they're not expectant, they're not wondering, they're not giving opportunity for someone to show them that maybe they're not like the other person? We're tainted many times. Our hearts have been smeared with pain, smeared with, with aggression, with anger, with sadness. Can I today, if we stop here, it will be enough. Can I tell you, never blame someone else. It's so unfair. Never blame the church for the fact that someone hurt you that belonged to such church. Even if a pastor hurt you. And I'm not saying this because I'm planning to hurt somebody. I'm telling you this because even if that pastor hurt you, it doesn't mean that God is a pastor. Am I making sense? To some people it didn't, so I repeat it again. Because I care about you. Never blame God for what someone did. Never blame the church for what someone did. It's almost like me saying, I'm angry at all Mexicans because of that one guy. I'm angry at all women because of that one girl. All men are dogs because of the one dude in sixth grade that wouldn't go out with you. Yes or no? It is so wrong to say everything. We're tainted many times. We're so full of color. Can I go one more? Is that cool? Okay, last one. Color. And it is what? Carrot. carrot. Now, it's not a carrot. Like, <laughs> it's a carrot, right? K, I mean, C-A-R-A-T. And that is the weight. I love this one. Because most of the time we feel like if we say the right thing, we're on the right way and the right track, that is true. But the Christian walk is more than talk. It is actions. It's actions. That's what gives your life weight. In Spanish there's a saying that says, las palabras se las lleva. Words are taken by the wind. Is there something like that in English? Can somebody help me out with that? Is there, is there a saying that says like your words have no weight? Talk is cheap. Thank you. Put your money where your mouth is, right? Yes, talk is cheap. We should make shirts that say that. You know, uh, I'm sure there's some out there already. But there is weight to your life when you are consistent in your behavior. That gives you weight. That gives you value. That gives you strength. That gives people the ability to trust that you'll be here tomorrow. It is so hard to follow someone who is up and down and up and down and up and down and up and down. It's so hard to be friends with someone who's up and down and up and down and up. And it's so hard to help somebody who's up and down and up and down and up and down. Is it true or not? It's so hard to be helped when you are. Okay, okay, okay. Some of you guys are like, I'm hot. Right? When you're up and down and up and down and up and down. It is really hard when someone says something and doesn't come through with it. So today I'd like to do something that I think is going to bless you. And I'd like to challenge you to start coming through with what you said you would do. Even if it's not convenient, even if it doesn't feel good, even if you're tired. No, especially when you're tired. Spe especially or especially? Especially when you don't feel like doing. Okay, really. Really, when you're angry, when you're most angry is when you should be consistent with your love. Come on, somebody please say amen. We call that violent contradictions in this ministry. A violent contradiction, it says, the enemy's telling me to stay home, so I'm going to get my keys, get on my car, and get out of here. Amen? Or you know what? The enemy's telling me to get out, so I'm going to sit my butt down, I'm going to just praise God right from my chair. 
Does that make sense? The enemy's telling me to be sad, so you know what? I'm going to start worshiping God at the top of my lungs. Amen? Or the enemy's telling me to be quiet, so I'm going to go and witness to anyone that I see, even if they're already Christian. Does that make sense? That is a violent contradiction. In my marriage, I've learned to fall in love, deeper in love with my wife. Not because, can I tell you this? Not because she pleases me in everything. But because when the enemy tells you she's not beautiful, I tell her, you have no idea. Mm -mm -mm. I want to jump her bones right now. Like, this is my... I'm not playing. Whenever the enemy tells me, oh, you're too tired to, to do mate. Mate is um, this, this drug that Argentinians drink. Ah, it's a tea, you know, this tea in the morning. And, and I say, oh, really? Because I'm going to do mate and I'm going to drink it myself. Right? It's, it's the kind of thing that you have to say. The other day I didn't want to drink coffee because I'm not a coffee drinker. Say, boo, I know, Starbucks lovers. Right? You, does, you guys that are addict, addicted people will lead you through the 10 steps later. I'm playing, I'm playing. Right? The other day... Eoni really wanted to have coffee with me. And I was like, I don't do drugs. This is my joke, okay? I don't do drugs. And, and instead of me saying I don't do drugs, I felt like I really didn't want to drink coffee. And I was like, yes, serve me one with no sugar. <sighs> you know why I did it? Not because I wanted to prove myself wrong. Because I wanted to tell whatever my flesh was saying, don't share this beautiful thing that your wife wants to share. I said, I'm going to share it. I'm going to share it hardcore now. This is called a violent contradiction. What happens with us is we have no weight in our words to the point where we don't even believe ourselves. Uh, that's when it gets really hard. When somebody doesn't believe in you, you could just blame them. You just don't know. You'll see. I'll get there. Yeah? You know what I'm saying or no? You'll see. I'm going to prove you wrong. <laughs> but what if you don't believe in yourself because you've already said so many times you'd go and you didn't go? What if you cannot even say sorry anymore because every time you say sorry, you fall the next day. And that is where the enemy really enjoys the lifestyle you're living. Where he says, uh-huh, you got no weight. You may be colorless. You may be cut right. Oh, you may be pure. Oh, man, you may have no inclusions. But let me tell you something. You don't follow through. You say you're going to do something for God. You're good at not doing things for the enemy. You're good at not doing bad things. What about doing something for the kingdom of God? A lot of Christians are neutralized and they're valueless in their Christianity. Your Christianity is more, it's not worth anything if you haven't paid anything for it. Your Christianity is not worth anything if you haven't paid anything for it. I'm going to finish up because I believe that sometimes we give you so much information, it's hard to apply it. This is the thing though. The more you know and the less you do, the more you'll be judged for it. The more you know and the less you do, the more you'll have to render accounts for your knowledge. Somebody says, I told you I didn't, I told you I shouldn't have come to church tonight. <laughs> the more you know and the less you do, the more you will be held accountable for it. So sometimes we say, oh, I already know that. Do you? Or did you just memorize it? To know is to live it. To know is to have that be part of your life. Stand up with me for a second, please. This is something so sweet, super cool. The, um, the thing that I love most about diamonds, and I, I'm not playing, this really is it, is that one day when I was doing this, I was studying, preparing, God said something to me so beautiful and when I say God said sometimes people get weirded out and say it's like, they think it's like Pablo it's not like that it's more like a deep conviction 
or like a peace that surpasses understanding or like a confirmation after confirmation and then confirmation again or it's almost like <laughs> like an audible voice but not quite it's almost like you cannot deny that God's speaking and you would be disobedient if you don't abide, if you don't abide by it you know what I'm saying if you the Bible says that my sheep hear my voice and they follow me they recognize the voice of their shepherd the Lord is my shepherd the Lord is my shepherd and when he spoke this I want to transmit it to you the best way possible so I'm gonna pray that God gives me the ability to have at least five second eloquence because see diamonds are made up of the simplest thing carbon 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 is simply dude if you think about this when you write with pencils that's carbon when you're in the fireplace and all the stuff that was good is not good anymore that's carbon when you're in a barbecue and you're done with it and it's no longer good enough to cook anything it's not hot anymore what do you get carbon did you know that carbon is the simplest just most mundane average thing you could find you could just literally grab paper burn it and find out that there's some carbon in there it's amazing to me that God would take the most mundane thing on earth listen and make it something so precious so beautiful so incredible that people all over the world are killing themselves over it because they want it so badly see God knew what he was doing we think that this is just some example for jewels but the Bible talks about the jewels even before human beings ever thought they were beautiful God thought of jewels see it says that Lucifer was garmented clothed with wondrous jewels that his whole body was adorned with with sapphire and and diamonds and different kinds of beautiful jewels why do I tell you this because God knows that from something common like you know I don't know uh, aluminum or something so simple aluminum or, or something as simple as, as carbon God can make something so incredible did you know and I had a whole list of you of, of jewels and every jewel what was it was made out of like every, every I had a bunch of jewels and I was gonna tell you one by one I wish I remember I had better memory the one I definitely remember is carbon the simplest of them all yet the most precious of them all the one who is just graphite and God says that I'm gonna glorify it to such degree that when people see it they'll go ah oh, yes that's what I'm talking about that God will look at your life and say that graphite that piece that the world doesn't want that you yourself would say I'm good for nothing I can't do anything or if you're a little bit better than most of us you would say yeah I got this but you know at the end of the day where am I going am I really worth eternity am I have I done enough good deeds to make it to heaven and God would say absolutely not you piece of graphite from dust you've come to dust you'll return however when you put graphite in the center of the earth this is awesome 750 miles some up to you no know, kilometers some up to 800 kilometers down to the core of the earth towards the core of the earth there's heat there's pressure that is how you turn a piece of graphite into a beautiful incredible diamond that is able to break and cut and file every other element out there can I tell you this it takes pressure baby it takes heat it takes time we sometimes say I want it now God and if you don't do this then I won't follow you and if you don't do this then I'm done with you and God's like really I'll call you on your bluff I'll call you on your bluff walk away that's what you're gonna do walk away and you know what I had that before 
and it's a hellish thing to walk away from God. When you start walking with God, and the key word here is process. Are you willing to go through the process? Are you willing to fight for God to form you? Are you willing to say, yes, cut me, God, wherever you need to cut me. Cut away the things that are excess, that stop your light from reflecting to my family. Amen? Hey, God, whatever you need to do, please make sure that the inclusions are excluded. Please, God, let you be the center and the entire thing. God, I give you my life, my dreams, my hopes, my weaknesses, and my strengths. Take everything. Be the center of my life. I want you to be my C. Amen? The third thing you would say to God is so simple. God, please, please, if I've been hurt, if I have a, a, a lens that I see the world through, would you please give me that ability to be transparent and to see with transparency give me the ability to open up to the right people at the right time and if you don't have someone like that welcome home there's people that love God that are willing to come at 4 a.m. and pray for you 5 a.m. and pray for you for an entire week they're trying to grow to impact people that need Jesus Christ nearly a hundred people showed up every single day at 4 and at 5 a.m. not because we're cool or because we're so bad but because we desperately want God to use us for His glory and for His name's sake. That is saying, God, take the collar away from me. I don't want to see race. I don't want to see brokenness. I don't want to see anything. I don't want to see social status. I want to see what you see, God. I want to see people that desperately need you. Come on, please say amen. I want to see with colorless eyes. Somebody please say amen. Now the thing is this. Now it's time for action. What are you going to do about it? I am going to Mazatlan tomorrow. <laughs> but when I come back from my one-week vacation with my family, I want to tell you this. I don't even want to leave anymore. Don't tell my wife that because she'll be disappointed. I really do want to go with her. But I want to stay. I want to see what God is doing. It's such an exciting time to be part of this ministry. Man, you, you have a pulse. You know what I'm talking about. God is doing something. I want to see what God does with marriages, with families with single people, who will God give you that you would extend his kingdom with? I'm so excited to see these things, especially this week. Take action. Come next Tuesday. That's the time where I'll see you again from when I come back. I hope to see you here. I really do. People that want to be formed so that other people can see the beauty and the light of God. You don't have to be perfect. Let God do that. There's only one perfect and that is Jesus Christ. Let God form you. We have deformations. That's why we're here. Formation Fridays. Amen? So that Tuesday coming, not this one, but the one after that. Make plans at 7.30. Let's take some action. Let's put some feet into our faith. A lot of churchgoers, but they're not the church. A lot of people go to church, but people don't, people don't go to them because they are not the church. We need to be the church. Amen? I would like to pray for you guys to close your eyes, please, for a sec. Ooh, this is one challenging word give us weight to our words God give us weight to our faith God help us Lord help our unbelief help our weaknesses God be strong in it manifest your power in our weaknesses oh man I could sense in my heart that some of you have a doubt and even today, as the message was going on, you're feeling so outside that you're saying that applies to someone else or, man, that's just not me. And I will tell you, shut the mouth of the snake 
Don't talk to snakes. Don't let the enemy tell you that you're not precious in the sight of God. That you're not meant to adorn his crown. That you're not meant to be seen as something that God has blessed and glorified. I don't care what your background is. Because I know what your future is in Jesus Christ. Man, it doesn't matter where you've been. What you've done. Or what's been done to you. God loves you. And he chose you. And he had to dig through a lot of dirt. You know that and I know that. That for you to come even tonight, so much dirt had to be taken out of the road. Man, you had to overcome some of your religious mindsets. Some of you had to overcome the fact that there's a lot of young people. Or you know what? I just don't go to church. Or I don't believe in this. And God had to say, let me move that dirt out of the way because I want to show you what the diamond in the rough is. A diamond that has potential to shock the world. A diamond that has potential to add value to whoever holds it. Oh, let me repeat that for a second. A diamond in the rough has the potential to add value to whoever holds it. Maybe God has been waiting and not providing some things, someone maybe, because he says it's still so rough. You need to be able to say, God, take those things away from me. God, please shape me, form me. Guys, begin to cry out to God for just a second now and ask God to shape your life. Ask God to change you. Ask God to, to cut those things away that don't need to be there. Ask God to take the inclusions away. Ask God to please help you to be, to be colorless in the way you feel towards people, the way you see God and the way you see people. Ask God to help you right now, even as we speak, to be one who follows through with their words. You know, I used to be afraid of saying I would do something because I wouldn't do it. And then I realized one thing. I'm not going to be afraid again. You know why? Because God will give me the power to follow through with my word. God will give me the anointing to say yes when I need to say yes and no when I need to say no. God will give me the finances to bless people. So I will say it. One day I will be the lender. I won't be the borrower. Did you know that God will give you the strength to be able to lift somebody else up even though you're falling today? God will give you the testimony. He will give you the life that someone is hurting with and he'll tell you now, let me show them with your testimony what I can do with them. You know that God will lift you up. You know that God will give you the strength to come through or come out of drugs or cut them out of alcohol or come out of, man, materialism, which is just as bad. It's a drug that feels the same way for some. I tell you what, today, people that are addicted to approval, you can say, God, I want you, my one C, the one who forms me, the one whom I love, Make me strong in my heart, God. In my decisions, I want to be strong. I want to be steady, God. I don't want to close without you understanding one thing. If you know me, you know that I love tools. I love working with my hands. My hands are full of oil right now because I, I love doing things with my hands. I love fixing things. I love working on things. You might not know something. Ah, Jesus. When certain metals cannot be cut, like carbide, there's certain things that need to be cut, like hardened steel, tempered steel, glass that is tempered. It doesn't get cut. It, it, it won't, some things won't penetrate. Nothing else, steel won't, iron will, will not do. And so you have to resort to the best type of tools. And these are tools, believe it or not, made with diamond. There's some saws that have diamond blades, that they have diamond dust in them. There's, there's sandpaper that has the grit out of, out, of, out of diamonds. And you would say, who in the world would do that? And let me tell you what. 
people that desperately need to work on materials that would work on other materials. This material is the material that forms other material. God is wanting you to be the kind of people that would form someone that could form someone else. God will make you so strong in your convictions, in your spirit, in your faith, that God will say, now you're not just a leader, you're a leader of leaders. You're not just someone who's overcome your own stuff. Now you're helping someone overcome, that they will help you someone else overcome their stuff. See, because diamond tools are so strong, so precious, so reliable, they can cut through it all. I praise God. I praise God because He's having you go through pressure and heat and time. Praise God if today you feel pressure to change. If there's heat here, come on. And the time that you're spending is right. God, whatever time it takes, as hot as it gets, and the pressure you want, apply it in my life. I want to grow. I don't want to stay carbon. God, I want to be a diamond for you. God, I want to shine for your glory. I want to shine for your glory. God, I want to shine for your glory. God, I want to shine for your glory. I want to shine. Stand up with me for a second. I want to tell you one last example before we go. And I'm on time, I promise. I'm as hot as you are. Nah, hotter. <laughs> Just kidding. I want you to look at this wall really quick because I've only shared it one time. And I cried, and so I'm not going to cry this time, but I want to share it with you. This wall is awesome. Not because of how it looks, although it looks pretty cool, I've been told. Raise your hand if you worked on this wall. All right, cool. Let me tell you this. Marcos, come up here real quick, please. This wall, how did we make this wall? Tell me. How did we what? How did we make it? Uh, with late nights, uh, with a lot of material, <laughs> a lot of pallets pallets right let me tell you where i found those pallets i found those pallets in craigslist from people and i got them from different places remember did we go pick them up was that you it was someone else that went with me to pick them up we picked them up from places that were throwing them away that they had you know warehouses that didn't want them anymore and uh and how how many hours did we spend doing this uh i want to say at least 48 40, 50 40, hours yeah he said 48, that's pretty accurate. 50, 40, 40 to 50 hours, okay? Uh, I don't think we slept much, right? Was it worth it? Oh, definitely. Yeah. definitely. Yeah. All right, go, go. Let me tell you why. Go ahead and have a seat. Listen, to, listen up. These pallets at some point were purchased at a price, right? At some point they served a great purpose. These pallets at some point maybe carried your groceries or maybe this one, you know, carried your clothes or maybe this one was used to put baby food on it, you know, baby powder, the Infamil that's so expensive, more expensive than like champagne, you know what I'm saying? Like, or, or maybe this one was for your coffee and all these things were made from all these pallets that people used and they were brand new, they were nice I'm sure at some point, but they were tossed out. We picked them up from everywhere. We bought them at like cheap cents. And we brought them here and we worked on them. I worked on them and we made something awesome. Let me tell you this. To me, this wall represents something. And every once in a while when I come pray, I look at this wall and I say, that's this ministry. So many people that at some point when they were born, they're so beautiful. And you were so pure. And you were doing a great thing, maybe with your parents. They thought the world of you, or maybe, maybe not. I don't know. I don't know your life story. But maybe this is your life story. Or maybe you're a different shade, and maybe you're a little bit more broken, a little more hurt. But you know what? 
Let God work in your life. Let God show his glory through what other people tossed out, what other people don't think there's any more left. We daily, listen, every week for years now, two years to be close to that, right? Two years, we praise God. We worship the Lord. We've nailed names to this that have come to Jesus Christ. This has become an example of who a CFF is because when I see it, I see a wall of restoration. I see a bunch of a bunch of wood that people didn't want that now is serving a much greater purpose. That is what this wall is. And so whether it is carbon or wood or a woman or a girl or a guy or a kid, I believe God is a God of restoration. So let God work in your life. Amen. Let God do what he must do. We love you guys so much. We will see you guys next week. Now this next sun Sunday, one of my favorite preachers will preach his first sermon here, and that is Jorge Godoy. Now, the reason I say my favorite preachers is because this man is a diamond. He is a diamond, and I'm sure he'll tell you why. God bless you guys. See you guys. Take care.